welcome to this week's episode of the Fun of the Run podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, also known as Waddell Running Lady. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate how week after week you continue to come back and listen to me ramble about running. It means so much. As always, please feel free to share your thoughts with me, your feedback on today's episode by emailing me at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com. You can also always reach out to me on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. I love reading your messages and hearing your comments and uh, listening to what you have to say about what I have to say. It means everything. So please keep those comments and messages coming. As far as today's episode goes, this is honestly a mishmash of running randomness. Um, several things that I've been thinking about through the week that I wanted to tell you guys about or just kind of talk through with you. And I hope that there will be something in this episode that resonates with you because I just feel like I have so much on my mind and and I don't really have an outlet except for this podcast. And so thank you for being that outlet for me to um, bounce ideas off of and talk things through with. It means, it means everything. So we're just going to go ahead and get started. The first thing I want to talk about was run walk ratios. I have a little bit of experience with this, but when I first started running, it wasn't something that I did. I know that a lot of, uh, first time runners or beginning runners will use run walk ratios. Well, when I did the couch to 5k plan, which was not really that's not what it was called. It was called 5k runner. It, it did have a run walk ratio, but I, I guess I didn't recognize it for that at the time. It was basically, I think I would walk for three minutes and run for 15 seconds. But then once I completed my 5k, I never did run walk ratios again. And as the years went by, which, you know, I say that like it's been 90 years, I've only been running for five years, but as the years have gone by, what I noticed was I would just start trying to run for longer periods of time and I didn't schedule like walk breaks. I would just take a walk when I needed to, if that makes sense. So even training for my first half and training for my first full, I just remember being out there at Rio Vista Park doing some of my long runs. And I remember kind of feeling bad for walking because I mean, I didn't know how all of this worked. You know, I didn't, I didn't know, like, does everybody just run the whole time? Like if, if you have a 12 mile long run, do you just run for 12 miles without stopping? And I, you know, I didn't know how it all worked. And I knew that I personally would get to a spot during my long runs, especially where I needed to slow to a walk and kind of catch my breath or, or just, I just mentally needed a break. And so I did start doing that somewhere along the line. I can't remember where, but it was never anything that was structured. Well, fast forward to me getting injured last year, the beginning of 2022 in February, um, I had some really, really severe foot pain in my right foot. And I went ahead and ran Mesa half marathon with that severe foot pain. And I do not recommend this, so I'm not telling you to do this, but this is what I did. I ended up taking like five ibuprofen before the race. And I've since learned that, that that was not smart, but I took five ibuprofen before the race. And because it dulled the pain so much, I was able to run the entire half marathon without stopping. I, I literally just ran the whole time. 
I mean, it was a slow run, honestly, it was a shuffle, but, but I didn't have any pain because of taking that ibuprofen, which I've since learned, you know, you don't want to do that before a run. But, um, after that, I ended up going to physical therapy and it was a months long process of, you know, getting that foot back to where I could, I could run again. And I had to take a month or two, or I don't remember how long I had to take off running tons of cross training. I remember specifically riding a bike for like a month straight and with no running. And I had all kinds of stretches and exercises to do. But when the physical therapist allowed me to start running again, I had to use run walk ratios and they were specific and they were like, you can run for 30 seconds and then you have to walk for two minutes or five minutes. I don't remember. I think it was pretty long. I think it was like five minutes. And then I was able to run for like 30 seconds or one minute. And so, you know, and then I was only allowed to run for 10 minutes at first. And so I would get to little, two little teeny, you know, running intervals in there and gradually worked my way up to where I was doing longer run walk intervals. So that's really where, um, the run walk kind of started coming in was when I was injured. Fast forward to today and especially this summer in these last several months, I have been finding myself doing one minute run, one minute walk intervals. And honestly, even that has been hard. So I mentioned this yesterday in, in something I posted, I walked my way through some of the run intervals. So I have a Coros Apex Pro, that's the watch I have, and I'm able to set intervals on there so that my watch will beep every, whatever the intervals are that I set it to. So I have it set to one, one. And so every minute it beeps and tells me walk or run or whatever, or rest or run, whatever. And so, but I would find myself yesterday and, and not just yesterday when it says run, I'm like, nope, I need another minute. I'm, I'm going to walk through this one. And it seems like the heat has just really affected me that way. And caused me to have to take more walk breaks. And like I said, it is more structured now than it used to be because pretty much every run, I will turn my watch onto those basic intervals. So coming up this, this weekend, I looked at my, at my training plan and my coach has tried to do three minute run and two minute walk consistently through this entire run. And I'm just honestly don't think I can. I don't think it's cool enough out yet for me to do that. And I know that sounds stupid and probably all of you guys listening would have no trouble running for three minutes straight and walking for two minutes for the entire six, seven miles, whatever it is I have on the plan. I just don't think that I can. And so that's kind of stressing me out a little bit. So when I mentioned, I posted a picture of my watch and yesterday I did five miles and my overall pace was about 24 minute miles. I know that is super slow, whatever it is, but I was running and I was walking. And so I was not running fast. I was barely run. I was, this was supposed to be an easy run. And so I was not trying to, you know, impress anybody. I was literally just doing the slowest run I could, I could do and still be considered running because I wanted this to be an easy effort, but no matter how easy I ran, it didn't, it was not an easy effort. It was, it was, it took everything I had to get five miles. So it was, it was just, it was hard, you know, 
and it wasn't even that hot. I was in the 90s and I have run in much hotter conditions this summer, but yesterday was just tough, you know? So I talking about run walk intervals, the probably one of the reasons I kind of struggle with, with them. I mean, I definitely use them in my training and they've helped me a ton this summer to be able to get all the miles in that I need to get in. But when I ran my first marathon back in February of 2020 at Mesa Marathon, um, about mile 17, 18, before my friends ran on course to meet me, I was struggling, I was nauseous, and I was having a really hard time. And I was looking around for anything possible to help get me just to keep going. And I saw a group of marathon maniacs and asked if I could join up with them and run with them. And of course they said that I sure could and that they were doing 30, 30. So they were running for 30 seconds and walking for 30 seconds. That sounds very doable. You know, I mean, it does, you can do anything for 30 seconds, right? So I'm like, okay. And so I joined up with them and I lasted all of maybe two minutes and it just made me more, more nauseous. And I think because I hadn't trained in intervals that way, it made me sicker to my stomach. My, it was like my, everything in my stomach was sloshing because I would run for 30 seconds and then I would stop, you know, and walk and then I would run and then I would walk and it just made me more nauseous. So <laughs> every time I think of run, walk intervals, for some reason, that experience always comes back to my mind, but I will say, and I know I'm rambling, so I apologize, but last summer and probably even summers before this, I would still do run walk intervals, but I remember last summer struggling so hard. Uh, not this past summer, but the summer of 2022. I remember struggling so hard when I was training for Chicago Marathon because it was so hot outside and I would be trying to run, you know, eight miles or whatever. And I remember just thinking, okay, I'll run for 30 seconds and then I'll walk for a minute. And, and I would just do whatever I could do to get through that run and the intervals would change every run. And I think it drove my coach crazy because I would just do so many random intervals. And, you know, sometimes it was one, one, sometimes it was 30 minutes running and, and, you know, who knows, a minute and a half walking. I don't even know, but this, so this past summer has been much more structured, which is probably a good thing, but honestly, Sometimes it gets so hot out that to me, it's like, I, I got a, a direct message yesterday from Emma and she follows me on Instagram. I follow her and she's like, have you ever tried, you know, shorter intervals? You did one, one yesterday. Have you tried 30, 30? And I said, I have, and you know, back to my terrible marathon experience. Right. But she said that she ran an entire 42 mile ultra marathon using 20 seconds run and 20 second walk intervals. Can you believe that? And she said it, it worked fantastic. And so now I'm thinking, Hmm, 20 seconds, huh? That, that sounds like something I might want to try. So thank you, Emma, for that suggestion. All right. So switching gears a little bit. Over this past week, I have been struggling mentally. So yes, I've been struggling physically too. Okay. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's been hot and just, it's been a long summer, but mentally I've been struggling with the comparison game. So a couple of days ago on Saturday, my friend Chris did a 22 mile training run 
And then my friend Oscar did a 30 mile training run. They both have the same coach I have. And I guess, how can I say this? So something that's different with the coach that I have now versus run for PRs, you know, that I had for the past four years, when I had run for PRs, I knew that other people had the same coach that I had, but because he was, my coach was in, uh, let's see, Minnesota, uh, you know, and he wasn't here local. I never met him in person or anything. I also never met any of his other athletes in person. And really, I didn't see a whole lot of them online either. Every once in a while, you know, my coach would post something to a story. So I'd be like, oh, so that's one of his athletes too. But they, it wasn't like I saw their training or, you know what I mean? So the, what's different now is that with my coach, Kylie, I know some of her athletes in person and they're local here. And so I will see them at races. Um, I follow them on Instagram. They follow me and I can see like Chris, he had a 22 mile training run. And so I'm thinking, okay, I ran five miles on Saturday and it about killed me. I tried for six and I only got five and I'm thinking, and he on the trail ran 22 miles, you know, he lives maybe an hour away from me, you know, same weather, basically just, you know, but here he was able to go out and do 22 miles and I struggled to do five. Oscar did 30, the same place Chris did, you know, he did his run the same place where Chris did his 22 miles and Oscar was able to complete 30 miles. I am an hour away dying with five miles. You know what I'm saying? And I've been struggling with that thinking what a wimp I am. You know, these guys are out there doing these long runs on the trail and probably more difficult trails than what I'm running on. I I don't know, but why, what is wrong with me that I'm having such a hard time, you know, and just that whole comparison game, even though I know not to compare. And I know that you know, Chris and Oscar are both training for 50 mile races. I'm training for a 50 K. Okay. There's a difference. I'm going to run 31 miles. They're going to run 50. Our training is going to look different. And I think their races are sooner than mine as well. I'm not sure, but thinking about that, we are in different places in our training and we're training for different things, but we're also different people. I'm not, I'm a 49 year old woman. I think Chris is late thirties. I don't know how old Oscar is, but you know, we are different people. Our training is not going to look the same. And even if we were running the same race, our training probably would not look the same. So I know those things in my head, but in my heart, sometimes it's really hard to look out and see, well, why are they able to do this? Or why are there so many miles on their training plan? And I've got these weenie miles on mine. And I've been dealing with that this past week. I've, I've started getting to that place again where I've just been in a little bit of a funk because there's uncertainty ahead for me. So I know that I have past Mountain 50K coming up on November 11th. But after that, I don't know what my next big race is. I know my next goal is a 50 miler, but I can't even picture that right now because I know after talking to my coach that we need to wait to see how past mountain goes before we decide on a 50 miler. So in a way I wish I knew, well, okay, I'm doing this 50 K and then I'm going to start, you know, really working towards that 50 miler. Well, 
I don't know that yet because I can't until I finish the 50K. And that's been hard for me to not know months out, I guess, what I'm going to be doing. I, that, I have a hard time with that. And even on my very best running days, even when the weather is perfect and my body feels good and I have a really good run and, and you know, I'm doing the best that I can do, even at my very best, I am not very good. Um, and so I've been kind of struggling with that. Just so many people around me are doing really awesome things and they're doing really hard things. And I know that I'm not as capable of those people. Um, and yet that, and yet there's something in me that won't let me give up. I texted my coach this morning and I just said, hi, Kylie, you know, am I going to really be ready for past mountain? Um, it's, you know, nine and a half, 10 weeks away. My longest long runs right now are six miles. And, you know, how am I seriously going to be ready for that race? And, and how am I going to finish it? The cutoff is 15 hours. It took me 13 to rent cold water. And how am I going to do this? And just kind of freaking out. And I have a really good coach. <laughs> she messaged me right back and she's like, of course you can do it. You know, you have a solid base. And you have 10 weeks, 10 weeks is a perfect amount of time, you know, for this. And, and of course you can do it. You've, you've already done it before and you just need to believe in yourself. And she, she just was very patient with me and said, we're going to be increasing your training runs. We're going to be increasing your long runs and you just need to take this one week at a time. And it was really helpful and it really made me feel better about myself there's still that, um, how can I say this? I still feel that inadequacy because I know that I'm not ever going to be like an epic ultra marathoner in that sense, or some great trail runner. Texting her did make me feel better. And knowing that she believes in me helps, but I also know she's a much faster runner than I am. She's getting ready to tackle the muggy on monster this weekend. And I'm super excited to see her crush that race. And like I said, you know, so many people around me are doing so many awesome things, but so that's kind of what I've been dealing with recently. I do have a 25 K coming up in, uh, let's see, two and a half weeks on the 23rd of September. I'm doing the hangover, 25k and i believe that's at mcdowell mountain regional park and my husband will be doing the 15k and so that's about 15 and a half miles on the trails and so it's not like i'm not running any kind of mileage but that's what i have coming up next and you know i think it, it's just gonna have to be enough it's gonna have to be what it is i'm doing what i'm doing i'm following my plan and I'm, I'm just going to have to take it a week at a time, like my coach said. And that's just, that's where I'm at. Okay. So let's talk about shoes. Okay. Because why not? So a couple of months ago, I bought the Ultra Lone Peaks and they are zero drop trail shoe. Ultras are, they're all zero drop. And Ultra is a brand that has a wider toe box, which I love. So when I run, especially when I'm training for something, I like to have more than one shoe in my rotation. So 
I like to have like right now training for my 50 K I want to have two trail shoes in my rotation. And I also like having two road shoes in my rotation, if at all possible. Um, which, you know, which I'm able to do most of the time. So I get about 300 miles on my shoes. That's about how many miles I get before I feel them break down and it affects my mechanics and, you know, starts giving me aches and pains. I can get about 300 miles. And so before I get to that point, I want to have another shoe ready, you know, just to add to the rotation. So a couple months ago, that's why I bought the Lone Peaks. And I knew that it would take some adjustment and I knew that you don't just jump into a zero drop shoe, you know, cold turkey. And so I would run a little bit, walk a little bit, do it. And I just, I got to the point where I just, I don't like the way they feel on my feet. And I'm used to five millimeter drop with my Topo Athletic trail shoes. So I decided that I was going to just go for another pair of Topos instead. I've got 300 plus miles on one pair of trail shoes and I'm right at about 200 miles on my other pair. So I need to bring another, another shoe in so I can retire the 300 plus mile ones. So, um, tortoise and hare sports, which is my local running store here in Glendale, Arizona, they were having a labor day sale. And so I was excited to go in and get a new pair of topo trail shoes. And when I was there a couple of months ago, buying the Lone Peaks, they were very low on inventory um, with Topos and at least in my size and what I wanted for trail shoes. So I was hoping when I went back this time, it's been a few months that they would have more stock. Well, yesterday they had absolutely nothing, nothing, no Topos for me at all. And in men's, women's, nothing. And I was really, really super bummed because... (laughs) I love giving them my business. You know, I love supporting local businesses, but if you go and they don't have what you need, you, you have to do something else. So I asked the saleswoman, well, when do you think you're going to get more in? And she's like, well, it could be a month. It could be. And I just said, well, I can't, I can't wait a month, you know? So my, my 50 K is in about nine and a half weeks. And I, I can't wait a month to put a new shoe, another shoe in, into my rotation. So what I ended up doing is Googling. I went to the Topo website. Uh, I went to, I don't know, Dick's Sporting Goods. I just Googled and, you know, the shoes that I wanted. I ended up finding the model that I wanted and the size I needed in purple at uh, Ann Arbor Running Company, which I believe is in Michigan. And I was able to find the size and the style I wanted. And so those are on their way to me and um, at a decent price too. And so I'm waiting for those to come so I can add those into my rotation. It's a little bit different shoe than the one I'm running in now. Right now I have the Ultra Venture Pros. They have a rock plate and they are very, um, they're kind of a stiff shoe. And they also have um, um, some, I'm trying to think what the word is their light stability shoes. And so we're going to see how uh, these, this other model works without a rock plate. And for those of you that run here in Arizona, run trails, um, we have a lot of rocky trails, pretty much they're all rocky, right? Most of them. And I'm curious to know, do you only wear trail shoes with rock plates or have you been able to get by without rock plates? I'm really curious about this because I was told that all of the shoes at 
tortoise and hare that they only buy trail shoes with rock plates. Um, and so the shoe that I just bought does not have one and I'm hoping that I'll still be okay. So I would like to hear your thoughts about that. Let me know if you, if you run here locally in Arizona, the Phoenix area, Tucson, whatever, or a place where there's a lot of rocks on the trail. I want to know if you have to have a rock plate, if you feel like that's a, a deal breaker, if a shoe does not have a rock plate. So let me know about that. Okay. Um, oh, and one last thing I want to tell you about topos. So topos have that same wide toe box that the ultras do. And, but the difference between the topos and the ultras is topos have, uh, they do have a couple of zero drop models, but most of their shoes are either three millimeters or five millimeters, um, heel to toe drop. And that works much better for me and my running mechanics. So I don't have wide feet, but having that wide toe box um, has made a huge difference for me as far as like foot pain and um, comfort when I'm running. I switched from Brooks that I ran in for several years. Um, now when I wear my Brooks, they hurt the sides of my feet. The under part of my foot, but on the side, I don't know exactly what that's called, but they're too narrow, even though I do not have wide feet, if that makes sense. If you're kind of going, you want a wide toe box, but you don't want zero drop, I highly recommend looking into Topo Athletics and their shoes. Love them for roads, love them for trails. Okay, what's next? Let's see. Okay, hopefully this is not TMI, but this is another thing that is terrifying me right now, okay? I'm 49 years old. And I'm dealing with a little bit of perimenopausal stuff as far as my cycles are not regular at all. Um, I actually, well, anyways, I guess I don't want to be too, too TMI, but I'm heading that direction, right? But I have not experienced night sweats. I have not experienced hot flashes, thank God, yet. But I saw a post on Instagram last night that just scared me half to death. And this is a woman, you know, she has to sleep with ice packs in her shorts, ice packs in her bra. Her husband was on the floor. She can't sleep. I think she said she hasn't gotten sleep in like three weeks, hardly. And it's affecting her training and her running. And I thought, oh, Lord, no, you know, because I have all these goals. I got started late in life. I was already in my 40s. I'm almost 50. And how am I going to, you know what? I'm, I'm just terrified of suddenly I start having hot flashes or night sweats and I can't sleep and, and then my training gets derailed and, and then I have to, you know, drop out of whatever, you know, and I'm just terrified. And come on, I know that this is a part of life and I know that, you know, it's my, what do you call it? Lot in life as a woman, you know, that I'm going to have to go into menopause someday, but I am just terrified of, of, that part of life. And I have another friend that was just, would just regale me with these stories. She's several years older than me, but how she would have to just, her family knew, you know, when, when a hot flash hit, she runs to the kitchen, opens a freezer, shoves her head in, you know, because she's just, she's going to die. Like she's just got to get cool. And yeah, I am, just scared and 
terrified and yeah, I don't know for what that's worth. That's where I'm at. That's not where I'm at. That's where I'm afraid. Any second I'm going to go just kind of terrified about that. I'm going to throw this in real quick because this is hilarious, has nothing to do with running. But as I was writing down my notes, sketching out what I was going to say in this episode, this is really funny. I got a text from one of my daughters and I'm not going to tell you which one because some of you know both of my daughters. So I'm not going to tell you which one. So it's hilarious. And this is what I'm, I'm going to read it to because it was so, so funny. So in my dream, I was at an Instagram lady's house with her husband and I was supposed to cook three pairs of my underwear into a quesadilla, but I said I just wanted cheese instead. My other daughters reply, um, what in the world? And I just replied, wow, and a ton of laughy faces. And so the daughter with the dream says, every dream must mean something. So what does this say about me? And my response, very bad things, I'm afraid. Isn't that hilarious? Okay. Like I said, nothing to do with running. My, yeah, whatever. Okay. One year ago this month, I was in the thick of training for Chicago Marathon. I was feeling all the feels, getting last minute things put together, figuring out, you know, travel stuff and where my kids were going to go while I was gone. And yeah, it just feels so funny because I was in such a, like focused, I don't know how to explain it, but I was in this big training block and, you know, training for Chicago. Now I am still in a training block for, for my ultra, but it doesn't feel anything the same. It just, it feels so much more comfortable, I guess, and relaxed and not stressful. I want to ask you guys a question about trails. And maybe some of you can chime in and message me after this or email me and let me know how do you choose which trails to run on a given day? So I typically run trails. I run five, five ish days a week. Sometimes I run six. It depends. Um, if I run six, days a week, at least one of those runs is only 30 minutes. So it's not like I'm out there getting buku miles in, but I don't run trails. Every time I run, I run trails, I would say two, two to three times a week. And then the rest of the runs are, you know, on the road. But when I'm choosing trails, specifically when it says an easy run, easy effort, I never know if I am picking a suitable trail. So I typically run at the White Tang Mountain Regional Park. There are 50 gazillion trails. I mean, there are, there's nothing really too flat, but there's rolling hills. There's trails where you do this terrible climb, <laughs> and then, you know, and then you can run some and then you turn around and you've got to get down that climb, but it, you can't really run down the climb you have to kind of pick your way down because it's so rocky and the rock is loose. There's just all kinds of trails. And so I never know am I if I'm challenging myself enough. So I'm just curious to know, how do you pick your trails? Do you just, this is the trail that's local to me. This is the only trail I have access to. This is my trail and I just run this trail. Or do you think, to yourself, well, or do you have access to more than one trail system? 
And are you able to be like, well, today I need vert, I'll go run this trail. Or today I need, you know, flat and I'll run this trail. I have no idea. I'm just, sometimes I think, you know, should I push myself more, hike something steep that I can run down, try, you know, I do have access to more trails than just the white tanks. I can go to Stray Mountain Park. I have, I can drive an hour and get to different parks. I just always wonder, like, am I selling myself short by just staying with, you know, the rolling hills most of the time? I I don't know. So that's just something that I'm curious about. Um, The trails that I have here, that we have here locally in the Phoenix area, they don't have shade. They're very rocky. Um, Sometimes they're very sandy. And these aren't like tree line trails. I don't know. They're not foresty trails. There's scrub brush and cacti and bushes and rocks so and dirt. So just something that I've been thinking of. Maybe I am not doing as much as I should. I don't know. Okay. So kind of exciting news. My husband and I are going to do, well, we're doing the Ragnar Trail, Arizona, the weekend before Pass Mountain 50K. So it's, I think, November 4th, 3rd and 4th, maybe. Pass Mountain is the 11th. And so my husband and I are, we're going to be on the same team as I was on last year for Ragnar, but my husband is able to join this year. And then we were recently asked the other day if we would be able to do Ragnar Trail Zion. And I am super excited about that. That's in May, 2024, I believe the 10th. And I'm super excited about that because it is a more challenging course, more challenging trails, but Zion National Park is so beautiful. If you've never been there up in Utah, so gorgeous. The views are epic. And so I'm really excited about that. I'm a little bit nervous because again, I am very slow and I'm the slowest member of our Ragnar team. And I am kind of concerned about holding us back, but I can't, I can't be like that. I'm just excited that they asked me to be on the team. So we've got that to look forward to. And like I said, we're running hangover uh, night runs in about two and a half weeks. And then today I've got a you pick day on my plan again. I'm going to, I'm planning to just ride a bike, a spin bike for anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, depending on how I feel. I feel like that would benefit me more than going for a 30 minute run. I, I need my legs to just kind of turn over and get a little bit of a, something different, a little bit of a change up. So I'm going to ride a bike today. And then I'm also going to do my ankle mobility stuff because got to do that, right? I apologize for the randomness of this episode. This is, these are just all things that I've been thinking about. And some of this may have seemed kind of discouraging or maybe, I don't know, when somebody tells me that they're in a running funk, it's not like, oh, yay, that's so exciting. But running is supposed to be fun. And well, this, this podcast is called Fun of the Run, right? So I do want to end this episode by telling you that I am really, really proud of all of you. And I, a lot of my listeners, I follow on Instagram, you follow me, I see what you're doing. 
And I'm impressed, seriously impressed. And just the fact that you get out there and you put one foot in front of the other is impressive and helps me to keep going. You know, it is hard to not compare yourself to others when you see them doing great things. And like I said, I really struggle. Like when I was doing five miles on Saturday and I saw my friends out doing 22 and 30 miles, it made me feel like such a wimp and like what I'm doing doesn't matter. And that I'm not good enough to be like them because I'm not running the miles that they're running. When all in all actuality, when I look back to my previous lifestyle coming from the background of a couch potato, unathletic, inactive person. I'm doing good. You know, I am so far ahead of that person that I used to be that I do have a lot to be grateful for and I'm healthy and I'm strong and I can run even if I do have to run walk. Hey, that's okay. It gets me farther than I would be otherwise. And so I'm thankful for every mile. I'm grateful for every mile and there's nothing to be discouraged about. And, you know, even though there are times where I am in a funk or I feel like I'm not good enough, I really do know deep down in my heart that I am enough and that I am a warrior and that I am strong and that I can do what I set out to do. Um, especially with God's help, you know, I, I rely on him so much, but I appreciate the health and strength that I have. I appreciate the support from my coach. I appreciate the support from each and every one of you that continues to listen to me ramble week after week. Thank you so much for being here today. And please feel free to give me your feedback on today's episode. Tell me about the shoes you run in. Tell me about the trails that you pick. Tell me about what races you have coming up. And I would love to hear from each and every one of you. Reach out at funoftherunpodcast at gmail.com or direct a message me on Instagram at Waddell Running Lady. And most of all, just go out there and have fun on your run. And I hope that you will join me next week.